Madison is the fastest growing part of the state, the census just showed. Madison last year posted the largest influx of technology workers in the country, according to LinkedIn. The Brookings Institution says Madison has the best potential to become an innovation hub. And get this, Phil, Madison still ranks as the 16th best place to live in the country, according to U.S. News. Those are a lot of stats there, Scott. (laughs) But I think sometimes when we talk about Madison's success, and of course it has a lot of challenges too, it creates some frustration across the state and division that politicians love to exploit. I think there's a perception in some people's minds that Madison's success comes at expense of other parts of the state, which isn't true. As somebody like Paul Ryan used to say, the issue isn't how you divide the pie, it's making the pie bigger. And Madison's real key to making Wisconsin's economic pie larger. And uh, I think Madison can share the wealth, but that's not necessarily how the politicians see it. At the same time, I think Madison sometimes looks down on, or at least some of its politicians do, look down on the rest of the state. I don't think that helps either. You're probably right about that. (laughs) Well, today on Center Stage, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics, we're going to play some clips from our meeting with Zach Brandon. Madison's biggest economic booster and the head of the Chamber of Commerce. And he addressed the issue. We drilled down on it a bit. And I think it's especially timely with an election cycle about to begin. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are both members of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. Yeah, the more Madison both. <laughs> Madison, during the last decade, added 36,631 residents. That's a 16% increase over the decade. And that makes Madison the state's fastest growing larger city. The metropolitan area, the area surrounding Madison, also added 75,000 residents. So that's the kind of growth you expect in suburbs, not the state's second largest city. That got a lot of attention, but at the same time, there's places like Richland County, for example, about 60 miles northwest of here. Richland County lost 4% of its population over the last decade. Hey, and it's not just rural areas. Milwaukee declined 3%. Most big Midwestern cities are on that same trajectory as Milwaukee, where they are steadily declining. And I'm not surprised that rural areas are are shrinking. We keep hearing about the brain drain and people moving, but not a lot of states have what Wisconsin's got going for it, which is a thriving, growing mid-sized city that is just attracting young talent and economic resources on a regular basis. The other thing it's doing is encouraging more of that growth elsewhere. Assuming you have good high-speed internet, technology companies are popping up around the state. I mean, particularly the Eau Claire area. But if you talk to the Technology Council, they'll tell you about examples in Whitewater and southwest Wisconsin and Green Bay and the North Woods. So it's not like Madison's in a bubble when it comes to economics. It might be in politics, but not when it comes to economics. And unfortunately, it's long been kind of a script in Wisconsin politics that what's good for urban areas isn't good for rural areas and vice versa. Or uh, what's good for Madison isn't necessarily good for the rest of the state and vice versa. At least that's what you often hear the politicians 
We'll see. I mean, going back to when Paul Soglin ran for governor and Scott Walker was governor, <laughs> Soglin didn't win the Democratic Wait, nomination. Soglin ran, ran for governor? <laughs> yeah, but at the time, Walker said the last thing we need is more Madison in our lives. But in reality, Madison's not the government town it used to be. Actually, three quarters of its economic output comes from the private sector, not from the public sector. And you will also remember that Sagan had a run-in with uh, Sean Duffy, former Northwoods congressman. That was back in 2016, where uh, Sean Duffy on Fox News called Madison uh, a progressive liberal communist community. And we had to correct him that it's actually a progressive liberal capitalist community. But there again, that spat broke down to Duffy and Soglin kind of bashing each other and Soglin saying that uh, Madison was redistributing wealth up to Duffy's poor Northwoods district. Did Soglin use the term jealous of, of Madison with uh, with Duffy? I don't know, but uh, that that's kind of the dichotomy that happens. Yeah, I mean, it's always good politics for Republicans to bash Madison. Our politics are progressive. There are some loony people on the city council and the school board that have pushed forward some pretty bonkers things, but that, that That doesn't necessarily detract from the fact that people from across the country have decided that Madison is a good place to live, and they've brought their good business ideas with them, Mm -hmm. and we are uh, an economic engine. You know, that's undeniable. Recently, the Dane County became more valuable in terms of land value than Milwaukee County. Phil, you asked Zach Brandon, head of the Greater Madison Chamber of Commerce, about this whole issue during our editorial board meeting last week. Here's some of what he said. Are you making any inroads with Republicans and legislature to try and convince them that Madison's success is the state's success? Outside of Madison bashing, Madison's always good politics. It doesn't seem like it's changed at all recently. <laughs> What's your assessment of that? The quick answer, Phil, is we were actually making some headroad when we were doing when, when the F-35s was a dominant issue because there wasn't a Republican in the state who wouldn't take a meeting with us to talk about the F-35s. They all wanted to hear about the F-35s. And then what we would do is we'd say, here's the plan, here's what we're working on. But by, while we're here, let us talk to you about the Madison economy. And, you know, you got some, some people would say, oh, I'm interested to others who would say, you know, I, like, like you could just say they tuned it out um, once we started talking about it. But I think there's the challenge is as much as we love the progress that we're making in demographic growth in Madison across the board, what we see coming out of the census shows just the strength of Madison as a piece of the economy. I think one of the challenges, though, is that the other headlines that we see are the blue power that comes from Madison, that the the voting, the outside shift in voting demographics that are occurring because of Madison, uh, Madison's growth, it creates a headwind for us when we want to talk about the economy, but they're really thinking politics. And we're not going to apologize for Madison's growth. We don't predict how people are going to vote and who moves here. We just want, we want more talent, more opportunity, more people. But I think one of the challenges is probably nothing to do with the economy and more to do with if as Madison grows and succeeds, it means that the politics of the state shift. I asked Zach, how do we convince the rest of the state that what's good for Madison's economy is good for the rest of the economy? He cited a study where they looked at the supply chain of purchases by companies here in the Madison area. And what they found was every county in the state was benefiting from that. We went to major employers and we handpicked them. So admittedly, you know, we picked who the employers were. 
and we asked them for access to their supply their entire supply chain by zip code. So every dollar you spend in Wisconsin, we want to know the zip code in which you buy. And we work with Vandewall and MG&E and the Research Park and a few others. And what we showed was there's not a single county in this state that doesn't benefit from Madison's economy. So the narrative that we have to tell is that the economic apple of Madison falls far from the tree, that we're not just hoarding all of the opportunity in Dane County and you don't, you know, you don't get any of it. And so part of it is continuing to think about how we sell their self-interest. You have to be careful about what the audience hears or what the listener hears. And so if it just sounds braggadocious, right? If it just sounds, hey, we're the fastest moving tech economy in the country. We, our wages are way up. And you know, if we just kind of go around and brag, which you know, we've had elected officials who have said publicly, they're just jealous of us, right? Those are not great talking points. Those are in fact, horrible talking points. It's not envy, right? This isn't, it's about not understanding why what's good here is good there. And there's also some personal things, I think, that, you know, why is it that people love Bucky, but look down upon professors in other parts of the state? So, you know, can we, can we show that, uh, you know, that they, are, they, that they are connected, that there's no disconnect between those? Can we, um, you know, can we show that if you are, you know, somewhere in, in northern Wisconsin and your daughter wants to go to comp sci school, that instead of having to look at, you know, Johns Hopkins or Stanford, that she's got an opportunity three and a half hours away where you can come and visit for parents weekend and you and the likelihood that she stays in Wisconsin is increased because she goes to school here. And I just think that those are the kind of stories that, you know, we need to be able to tell collectively, but politics gets in the way, the partisan politics. That only reinforces the us versus them mentality rather than pulling people together and realizing that what's good for one is good for the other. We built a lot of trust with Republicans and leadership over the last couple of terms, but we were the first business organization in the state to lobby against the mask prohibitions. We're fighting a little bit locally around masks now, but like as statewide, we didn't want masks to just be taken off the table as we've seen throughout this country and around the state. There are dividing lines that we get lost in that aren't big picture. If you look at the transformations of Mount Horeb, and you look at the transformation of some prairie and what's going on in Windsor to Forest right now, our collective economy, not just like downtown Madison, but our collective economy shows you what we're capable of as far as transformation. Um, and that could happen elsewhere in the state as well. Madison is a key economic component to lots of communities that aren't Madison around here. Any place basically within an hour drive of Madison has now sort of become a, a Madison bedroom community. And these places that maybe we're a little bit run down 10 or 15 years ago or are seeing a new vitality. And these places aren't exactly in blue counties or blue parts of the state, but these are places where you can drive into Madison easily for a commute. Yeah, okay. But you're giving off a little of your Madison ego there, I feel like, when you say, oh, those places were run down maybe and now Madison helped fix them up. I'm not saying you're saying that, but I think people hear things that way. Yeah, okay. You know, that we in Madison, we kind of think they should thank us and they see it as we're looking down on them, and I think that contributes it too. For example, like when Representative Hong referred to the Tavern League with the C word. Well, that's just or, disrespectful. I mean, I suppose <laughs> <laughs> that's just completely inappropriate. <laughs> or with rural areas largely supporting Trump, there is this sort of Madison view of how stupid are you people? 
Yeah, and then that totally exists. And, and I mean, I think a lot of people in Madison sort of wonder how their state could go for Trump in 2020. And, and you know, you get outside of Madison, you start to see the Trump flags out and people feel, you know, that it's that it's a whole other world when you get outside of Madison sometimes. What I was sort of referring to is like, you go to someplace like Sauk City, and I remember Sauk City 10 years ago driving through there on the way to, you know, Devil's Head or something like that. And in the last 10 years, there are new subdivisions there. There's new new restaurants. Brew and br- pubs. Brew pubs downtown, <laughs> you know. And I think that has to do with, as Madison becomes more expensive, people start looking farther and farther afield for housing options when they get a job in Madison. You know, maybe these people never lived in Wisconsin. Maybe they're coming for a, maybe they're coming from out of state for a job somewhere. Like, you know what? I can't afford Madison, but I can afford this nice town, Sauk City, 45 minutes away. That's good for the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, I think some of what happens, too, is they see Madison being so picky with development. And you're in a small town and you see Madison turn down this giant mixed-use building or at least just tie it up. And I, right now, on, uh, off the top of my head, I'm thinking of the one by the Coliseum there. Because we, we have to maintain that shrine to those 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 really honorable and decent mobsters who used to live, use you know the Wonder Bar back in the 1920s and 30s. Exactly. And I think small communities say, gee whiz, if we could get a building like that, it'd be awesome. But Madison is so spoiled, I think, they think. Madison is spoiled. Yeah. And the grievance, which it used to it used to be a ding from the right on the left that, oh, the liberal victimization. And uh, now uh, it's really the right wing that's this whole grievance that Trump has brought. And hence, I think more people on the left and the right are pointing fingers at another person, at another community, at another part of the state for you're the reason that I've got some problems or I'm not getting ahead. Yeah, we're really living in a world of identity politics and grievance politics. And when you're talking about identity and who you are as a person and your values, as opposed to policy ideas, it's really hard to sort of I mean, people say it all the time. You don't compromise on your values. It's hard to compromise on your values. Liberals identify in a certain way and conservatives identify in another way, and they have these sets of values attached to them. It's hard for people to see eye to eye when it's people that don't share their values or they they feel like it's people who don't share their values, even though we we share a lot of values. First of all, we all love the Packers. (laughs) And we all hate Graham Mertz right now, but maybe we'll come around. And we might be going the World Series. Uh, Those things do help. And I think when politicians finally a little more cooperation on some issues, whether it's the homeless issue, trying to help people most in need or broadband. I think that is good. It doesn't get as quite as pumped as rooting for Yelich or Rogers, but it definitely makes us feel more like we're on the same team and we need to be that way a lot more, I think. The people who aren't in Madison, we need to stop this Madison bashing just for political gain because Madison is, is vital and, and we need support and help from our Republican lawmakers to be the great city that we think we can be. Uh, people in Madison need to stop thumbing their nose at the rest of the state and pretending we're superior to everybody else because we're not. We're all we're all we're all from Wisconsin. We are all humble. We all we we all uh, have have uh, you mostly know, nice. We're, we're modest and nice for the most part. And and Madison needs to to stop being a jerk to the rest of the state. Go Brewers. Our theme music is by Tube Tester.